Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, sports fans. You're tuned in to Bobcat Radio, where the game never stops. I'm your host, Thomas Terry, alongside co-hosts Audrey Pasillas, Osmar Valles, and Davin Meredith, bringing you the latest in the world of sports, specifically for San Marcos, Texas. Our producer, our producer Kobe, Kobe Jackson, is here to ensure everything runs smoothly for your listening pleasure. Stay locked in for your early dose of sports talk and analysis right here on none other than Bobcat Radio. But first, let's have a read from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located in the northbound frontage road of I-35 I Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Osmara. Today's date is Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. However, it's not the last day of February because, guys, we have no, a no, leap no. year. Or is it considered a leap year this yes. year? Yes. Yeah. Year. So do you guys know anybody with birthdays on leap year? <laughs> I do. She's a <laughs> old friend that went to, or she goes to UTSA. So happy birthdays, Leslie. It'll be tomorrow. Wait, so how old is she, like, actually? I think she's, like, four. I could four. be wrong. Yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure she's, like, four years old. So happy fourth birthday, girl. <laughs> it always trips me out, you no, know. Literally. Time the, is not real type of birthdays and all of that. I think my cousins, my two cousins, they're twins. They're oh. celebrating birthdays today. So happy birthday, Ty and Talia oh. in <laughs> Arkansas. Yes. Um, I think they might be turning, I think, five, maybe four or five. I don't know. <laughs> Either one of those two. But, yeah, that's always something that's very interesting to me. And then, also, we are midway through the seventh week of school. I mean, how crazy is that? Yo. Sometimes you just don't think, you know? just flows by without you even not even noticing i know teachers kind of remind people about hey spring break's coming up and yada 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 but yeah i mean we're almost halfway through Mm -hmm. i think the spring semester goes way faster than the fall semester for sure so this one's flying by like kobe said really quick definitely Mm -hmm. so have we had our midterms yet or are we taking them this week Next week. Next week. Oh, no, they're coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Davin's Yo. like, they're on the way. I've looked at my canvas. <laughs> Stay on top of that. Definitely so, guys. So let's get right into it. Last night, Texas State Baseball participated in a crushing victory last night. I mean, absolute crushing victory against Prairie View A&M, 23-2. Now, Davin, you were in the booth for your very first baseball call, might I add. You did a wonderful job. Yes. Walk us through how Texas State put up almost nearly two dozen runs. How did they do it? Well, I'll tell you how they did it. (laughs) Texas State, man, team record 16 walks were drawn by the Bobcats. The previous record of 15 walks has stood since March 12, 2010 against Penn State. So that's how long, about almost 14 years now, that record has been held. Also, besides the walks, consistent pitching, Tony Roby got the nod, struggled early, let up some walks, but came back to pitch a full five-inning game, and tied his career high in a game for eight strikeouts. So he had one heck of a night on the mound. Only gave up one run, three hits, and four walks to earn the win for the Bobcats. Also, of course, hitting came into play. 
Driving in a team best four runs on the night was August Ramirez. Uh, the second began with Ramirez tripling to center field and then scoring on a balk. It would be the first of eight runs just in that lone frame. Chase Mora hit his first home run of the season with a shot that stayed mm. just inside the left center field foul pole, and Patino drove in two runs on a single to left field. And then capping off the night, of course, when it comes to scoring and hitting, was Ramirez as he crushed a grand slam to left center. And that was all in one lone inning in the bottom of the second. Of course, Mm -hmm. the rest is history. A lot of us were there at the game, and we saw just how insane that game was when it came to scoring and the walks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that sixth inning alone in the bottom of that sixth inning was like over an hour that the Bobcats were at the plate. So that... That is absolutely spectacular work, offensive work from the Bobcats, as well as defensive work. But, I mean, Prairie View had to have done at least something, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, on the other side of the field, the Prairie View Panthers got the shorter end of the bat. <sighs> There's no way, easy way to say this, but the Panthers ended their night with two runs, six hits, and zero errors. Nothing got done offensively as seven Panthers were left on base. While at the plate, 12 strikeout tickets were punched by Texas State pitcher, like Davin said, Tony Robbie, eight of them to be exact. Not what you want to hear if you're a Panther fan, really. But to highlight the upside, junior second baseman Isaac Davila rounded the bases with the triple in the third inning. I and that. Yeah. yeah, I know, that was... That, that was pretty clean, I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> but leave it to the center fielder, Garrison West, and shortstop Lee Allen to round up the troops and bring them home for two RBIs. And on the mound, pitchers Camden Farmer and Miles Smith left Bobcat, Paul, Bobcat Ballpark with a K in their pocket. Yeah, and then talking about it, we always talk about how Texas State performs against bigger teams, like, you know, how they'll be going out this weekend, more on that later, against the defending national champion. Mm-hmm. But for a team like Prairie View, we're that or they're that bigger team Mm -hmm. per se texas state is one of the best baseball teams really in all of college baseball if you look at it over the past few years so just shout out to them for coming out performing and as well the coaches agreed before davin i know we were in the studio or in the booth together when they were talking about how the coaches agreed that there would be no run rule in effect yes my uh wonderful broadcast partner bill colhane who helped me out tremendously last night thank you to him uh let us know and me in the bottom of the six that there was no run rule and i think uh, a lot of us just kind of lowered our heads and realized oh we're gonna be here for a little bit with zero outs and bases loaded consecutively almost that entire inning yeah absolutely and then osmar you were there as a fan kind of just sure was walk us through how it was in the atmosphere how everything was there Well, as a fan at last night's game, it was a blast since it was my first baseball game, and I was excited for the uh, ballpark's energy and what baseball is about at Texas State. Um, It was a good turnout, lots of rowdy students, and loyal Sam Martians there to support the Bobcats. I thought it was going to be a good competitive game since I did a little research before going in with, like, like, who are we playing against? And when they've only lost one game, Prairie View, and they've only lost one game this Mm -hmm. far, but, like, they've only played, like, what, six games overall, and we've like bobcats play like 13 14 and i was like okay when they win they like they're ahead by a chunk like the way that bobcats do but i was proven wrong after the second inning when the bobcats are leading eight and oh so i um but yeah when they win a game oh yeah that's what i literally just said it but they ended up winning 21 runs and i loved watching it even though i loved like 
during the seventh because <laughs> like really ahead yeah, so i was it, like you know what it's a good night it was a good night but i loved it it was so much fun and then might i add as well just got to put that personal shout out into you there you participated oh. in the seventh <laughs> inning stretch activities in the ballpark mm-hmm. i looked up and i saw you <laughs> running i was like is you so small yeah did you yeah. did you win that race? Let the let I, the listeners know. I did win that race. Whoa. It was right. it was during That's the right. four, it was the middle of the fourth inning. So like inning. yeah, it was. <sighs> <laughs> and the fact that like we had to carry tubes like river tubes, and it was me and my roommate. We just raced. I was like, oh my god! It was guys. It was harder than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be a straight shot. No, she like we had to go like around the ballpark. That was a tough, but that was my cardio for like the week. Definitely. So and congratulations <laughs> Thank to you. you Thank Osmar. you. Now, Kobe, you were in the studio last night. <laughs> I, I was. Heard. So kind of tell us how Davin did and sounded to you and as well as walking us through what's next for the Bobcats in this next coming tournament. You know, I think Davin, because in fact, this is your first ever broadcast for baseball. I think you did pretty well. I, I you know, I, I was kind of talking to you during a, during our little commercial breaks about just, just slowing down a little bit, but just. I know Bill. I know Bill Cohen has always given you know always given us opportunities to do play by play, and you know for you being your first time doing, it, you did you did exceptionally well. I'll send you your money, Kobe. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, no, I'm I'm just Paid I'm being promotion. serious. I'm being I'm I'm just I'm being dead serious now. As far as the Bobcats go, obviously, big win for them. They need to carry that into Houston because putting up 20 runs is pretty big. You, mm-hmm. know, you don't want you don't want to you know put up 20 runs and then probably not put up as much as many runs as you want to you know heading into Houston so i mean bobcats are are hot they got their revenge game from uh from round rock so now much needed much needed win for them definitely mm-hmm. so kobe and when we come back we're going to discuss texas state softball and their upcoming venture against texas softball don't go anywhere though you're listening to bobcat radio on ktsw san marcus Welcome back to Bobcat Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Terry, joined alongside Davin Meredith, Audrey Pasillas, Osmar Valles, and Kobe Jackson. Before we went to break, we were talking about Texas State baseball, and I mentioned Texas State softball, but guys, let's save that for the end, if I might add, <laughs> the be best good. for it's last. Be, yeah. yeah, so let's kind of talk about some Texas State women's basketball. Now, they're 13-16 and 16 after losing to the Louisiana Rage of Cages 55-50 this past Saturday afternoon. It was a close one until, once again, another fourth quarter collapse. Kobe, you and I were on the call, but yeah, tell me what you saw personally. I mean, just personally for me, I think it's been it's been the story of their season. Turnovers have been just a big issue for the Bob, for Texas State all year long. And, you know, the score kind of proved itself. Thomas, I know me and you, we've been on a couple calls and stuff this, yeah. you know, this past year. Right. And, you know, we've seen the Bobcats have just a nice, comfortable first half. Like, everything's falling into play. Mm-hmm. They're making nice passes. They're making good shots. And then, unfortunately, you know, the fourth, once the fourth quarter hits, it's almost like they just forget, they just forget what they did in the first half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be brutal or anything, but, like, you know, Bobcats have had so much great momentum. Honestly, the Bobcats could be, you know, one of the best teams in the Sun Belt. Unfortunately, like I said, turnovers have been a big issue. And honestly, you know, the game against Louisiana, the one that me and you called, was was pretty problematic. And honestly, we really didn't see Janiah Henson a lot in that in that game against the Raging Cajuns. So mm-hmm. I was kind of curious to see what that was what that was about with, with Coach Zinnery Antoine. But you know, obviously, there's two more games left. You got Southern Miss, and then you got ULM next, or your final two, and then obviously you head off for the Sun Belt Conference tournament. So I mean, if you're the Bobcats right now, you want want to 
bring big time momentum heading into your last two games, which my may I add, both of them are at home. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that maybe kind of helps a little bit just to get the home crowd uh, before you get, head off to Pensacola. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, they just they just need to get it together and, and you know, try to win their last two. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, the only thing that I've noticed during this game is the Bobcats defense was very aggressive with a total of 28 rebounds. And Morgan Hill had eight of them and Tiffany Tolas with six of them. And I believe... Well, personally, I think their key player for the night was Janiah Henson. She made 50% of her three-pointers. Three out of eight field goals were made. Both of her free throws, or she made both of her free throws, and she was a lead scorer for the night with 11 points. Very true. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it, too, Osmara, I'm glad that you brought up the rebounds. Mm -hmm. Texas State is not a team that is scared of playing physical. Oh, no. for sure. And mm-hmm. Kobe, I know while we were on the call, we talked about all of the foul calls that were being yeah. racked up. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Foster ended up fouling, fouling out. Your mm-hmm. <laughs> Beth Self finished the game with four. Julia Coleman with four. So, although it's not the best thing in the world to be fouling out because the best type of ability is availability, it still shows to show or goes to show that. They're not going to be punked down low, and they're mm-hmm. going to fight That's for true. every single mm-hmm. opportunity that they have. But, Davin, can you tell us a little bit about how Louisiana actually won the game as it pertains to their stat? Yeah, one of the key contributors to uh, the Raging Cajuns offense was uh, Tamara Johnson, the 5'11 yep. junior out of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, led the game with 15 points off of 6 of 9 shooting. Just behind her was senior guard Brandy Williams with a second-leading score, dropping 10 on the night. And the Cajuns were also able to produce down the stretch once they were at the foul line. I mean, they went 20 for 29, resulting in the win. Of course, a lot of that comes at the end of the fourth quarter whenever we're getting the fouls and it's a close game, which it was. But they were able to uh, make their points at the stripe and get out of there with the win. So what came down to it was just consistent shooting and also making your free throws. Yeah, definitely. And then, Kobe, I know you remember us talking about it during the broadcast. The last time that the Bobcats had played the Rage of Cajuns was back on, I believe, January 27th yes. before this game. Mm-hmm. And the player that killed them in that game was Jalen James. Jalen James. Well, mm-hmm. Jalen James ended up finishing the game one for five this game and only eight <laughs> points. And so it's amazing to me how players like Tamara Johnson, who mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have the greatest game back then, decided mm-hmm. to step up in this game. And it just goes to show that basketball really – Anybody on any given night mm-hmm. can step up. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, Audrey, what's next for Texas State? Well, they are going to be playing tonight here at Strahan Arena, February 28th at 7 p.m. So y'all make sure to go show up and show out because we will not be broadcasting that game tonight. <laughs> but just to talk about Southern Miss really quickly, they last played them February 17th, which was almost a week ago. They lost in Hattiesburg 58-68. to they are currently on a four-game losing streak, which is something you don't want to hear if you're a Texas State Bobcat fan, but they are on a losing streak, like I said, against Troy, Marshall, and I believe, like we just said, Louisiana. Um, that's just, like I said, there's not really much to say there. It's just yeah, really tough yeah. being a fan, and hopefully they can pull it out for the next two games. Absolutely, especially with these two last games being in front of your home fans. You have a chance to kind of put on for the people that have supported you throughout the season and as well as give a couple of the seniors an opportunity to go out with a bang. Mm-hmm. And also one last thing about Texas State women's basketball. I don't think you guys will mind if I do this, but last game, Kobe, I also referenced how there was a wave of pink mm, in the stands yes. and what that actually signified what Texas State was playing for. Well, it was a play for K event the last two games actually for Texas State against 
Louisiana, and as well as the game against Marshall. Those were two games that were for play for K. And just want to put that out there, who K was. Coach K. Yao was a Hall of Fame head coach for North Carolina State Wolfpack for 34 years, amassing an incredible 700 wins, guys. Oh my God. Coach Yao was first diagnosed with breast cancer in 1987 and fought that battle on the public stage for 22 years. Her hope was to inspire others to make a difference that impacts each and every one of us every day. So I just wanted to put that into there, and that was really amazing. It was so great to see all of the pink that was in the stands mm-hmm. and everything. Breast cancer is something that really it's an emotional topic for me and everything. So I just wanted to put that out there, and I appreciate you guys for letting me do that. But let's kind of transfer over into Texas State men's basketball. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more positive because they're now on a two-game winning streak after the last time we had BCR. They have been on a losing streak, but they've won their last two, and their most recent one was a 77-53 to win versus conference rival ULM. They dropped 41 points in the first half, taking a 16-point lead into halftime. Yeah, and uh, one of the key contributors to that was Jordan Mason. He led the Bobcats with 13 points with 5-for-9 shooting, going 1-for-1 beyond the arc and 31 minutes of action. I mean, also the Bobcats were able to create 19 points off turnovers, 11 of which came in the second half, believe it or not. And ULM only had 10 turnovers compared to the Bobcats' 14. So whenever the Warhawks did make mistakes, the Bobcats were able to capitalize off of that. So that was just a key contributor to that game, as well as inserting Jordan Mason back into that starting lineup. I believe Caden Gums is still out with injury, mm-hmm. but he and Davion Sykes are doing what they need to do to propel this Bobcat team to success right now. Definitely so. And then, Osmar, can you talk to us about kind of how ULM performed in that game? Yeah. So they fell behind with the, uh, behind the Bobcats with a 16-point deficit in the first half, like you mentioned, and couldn't catch up in the second half. They kind of lacked in their three-point shots, which three out of 16, so three made out of 16 attempts. So that yeah. was a little, a little rough. But their free throws were helping them pull through, so 18 out of 23. So they only f- missed five, so that was pretty good. And then um, their key player for the night was Tyreek Lokier, was their lead scorer with 13 points on the board. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, Audrey, what's next Done. for the men's basketball Done. team? Done. Play the violin and bring out the tissues because this Friday, March 1st, will be the Bobcats' last <laughs> regular season game. It pains me to say that, but they got the SBC tournament to prepare for, so let's get into their grand finale. Thank you, everyone. Like I said, their last regular season game will be on March 1st at 7.15 p.m. versus Troy at Strahan Arena. The last time the Bobcats and the Trojans met was last month when the Cats fell short 65-78 to at Trojan Arena. Troy player of the game was 6'6 freshman forward Miles Rigsby dropped 20 points, 3 steals, and a 3-pointer. Other game leaders included senior senior Christian Eugene racked up 17 points, three free throws on the night, and Tatum Conneray led the team with six assists. This will be the first time playing at home court since 2022, so hopefully with the new squad, things can turn around. And like we said, if you can't tune in to KTS, wait, if you can't tune in to KTS every for the call, make sure y'all go out and support the senior Bobcats as it is their senior night. Thank you so much, Audrey. What? And then Kobe. I mean, we've watched this team all year long. Oh, yeah. We've seen them for the past few years. And it's kind of been a thing where they might play a little slower into the regular season, but once they go into the tournament, they heat up a lot. So talk to us about what needs to happen in order for Texas State to succeed in the tournament. So, I'm, you know, it's funny you ask that because if you remember last season, the Bobcats, you know, obviously wasn't really playing their best basketball at the time. 
But when it got late in the season, they got hot fast and yeah. they went on a insane winning streak in the sum in the Sunbelt Conference tournament. And, you know, I, I hate to I hate to talk, I mean, I hate to do this, but you know, our former uh KTSW sports analyst Joey Gonzalez predicted that the uh men's basketball team last year was gonna make it really far in the Sunbelt Conference tournament. And sure enough they did. Mm-hmm. So I mean Honestly, just try to do what you did last year. You know, get hot. You know, get some win. Get, try to get your wins on the, on your belt. Mm-hmm. Build momentum into the Sun Belt Conference tournament because you know we've been you know kind of talking about you know App State all year long. We've been talking about Troy all year long for just Sun Belt men's basketball. So, you know, if they somehow if the Bobcats somehow meet with App State, you know, in the Sun Belt Conference tournament, I mean, hey, there's a lot of possibility. That's a there's a lot of possibilities that could that could happen, but. Honestly, just keep playing how you're playing. I know, obviously, not having Kane and Gums kind of, kind of has a little bit of downfall to that. But honestly, just keep playing your basketball like you have been, and just avoid, you know, all the turn, all the you know, missed shots, all the turnovers and stuff. And honestly, you, sh- you should be fine. Yeah, and gosh, when you said Joey's name, I kind of started reminiscing a lot. I miss Joey. Man. I do too. <laughs> great, great friend and everything. But guys, something that Joey loved during his time here at Texas State as a member of KTSW was Texas State softball. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was absolute rabid over there (laughs) performances and whenever they used to play. So why don't we do him some justice and talk about this softball team. Mm -hmm. They are 14-4, and currently riding a seven-game win streak, three wins against Power 5 opponents. Those opponents were Texas Tech, Arizona State, and Ohio State. And, I mean, their most recent game in the Arizona State GCU tournament Mm -hmm. was a shutout victory against Grand Canyon University. Yeah, I mean, what what more do I have to say about about this team? I mean, obviously, you got – it started off with – a win in here in San Marcos against Texas Tech. I am sorry, Osmara. Um, and then you go all the way to you go all the way to Arizona, and you completely just dominate mm-hmm. everyone in your in your field. And I think one of the opponents that the Bobcats did have to face was the Seton Hall Pirates. Who may I remind you, the Bobcats beat in the NCAA regional tournament last year in a thriller too. I was on the call with Justin Brown for that one, but I mean. This girls team is connected. They are red hot mm-hmm. right now, and it helps because everybody is back. Help everybody is back from last year's team. And honestly, you know when I look, I already when I compare how they started last year compared to how they're starting this year, it's almost like it is just a new wave. There's like just more confidence than there has ever been for this softball group. And honestly, they have a a real strong shot to to do the unthinkable as they'll be taking on none other than the number two ranked team in the country in the Texas Longhorns tonight. So mm-hmm. there, I mean, yeah, what a great tournament for them, obviously coming back to San Marcos. And then, you know, right after that, right after the Longhorn game, they're going up to Lubbock and mm-hmm. stuff for another tournament. So yeah, this, this softball team has a lot of prompt has a lot of promise right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of promise, and I have way too many stats to show that promise, so if I keep going, cut me off here, but there's just way too much to talk about. So, coming off of that weekend, Jared Trahan is leading the Bobcats with a 466 batting average and is third in the Sunbelt Conference overall. Trahan and Hannah Earls also lead the team in hits. Trahan 27, Earls 26, putting them at 1 and 2 overall in the Sunbelt. Jesus. And let's talk about... You know her. She's been around a while. She's a senior, Jessica Mullins. Mm-hmm. She is seven and one on the year. She has a zero point seven three ERA. 
leads the Sun Belt with 28 strikeouts with batters looking. That is a 15 margin compared to who is in second place. That's unbelievable. Lights out weekend for Mullins in Arizona. She went 3-0 with wins against Arizona State, Ohio State, and Grand Canyon. She also had two saves. She also had 29 strikeouts on the weekend, including a career-high 13 in the 6-0 complete game shutout win over Grand Canyon, where she allowed just two hits the entire game. Oh, man. Mullins had a (laughs) 0.34 ERA just over the weekend with just one earned run, allowed just 13 hits while holding the batters to a .167 average. Say that again, that uh, point. Point one seven six correction average, just that's, slightly. That's inc- better than that what is, I initially just said. That, yeah. That's absolutely insane. Absolutely, I mean, just for a pitcher to have that's that insane. much prowess in her pitch repertoire and being able to Don, be, dominate, mm-hmm. just dominate the game like that. Mm-hmm. But also, I know you mentioned Jessica Mullins. How about that freshman pitcher, guys? Madison, Madison Azua. Azua. Oh, my goodness. Now, Audrey, we broadcasted the season opener, and it caught us by surprise Absolutely. when they handed us the new form saying that Madison Azua was going to be taking the mound. We didn't have anything on her. We didn't know that much about her. Well, we learned that day <laughs> alone as she struck out, what, how many was it? Like 12? 12, 12. It was 12. Oh in gosh. her D1 softball season opener yeah. versus UTSA. <gasps> Yeah, oh that's goodness. that's real work right there. Some absolute work and domination, might I add, too. Mm-hmm. Now, her ERA is a little bit higher. Still elite, if I might yeah. add. It's under two. But what really intrigues me is her whip. That's walks plus hits divided by innings pitched. And that is under one, sitting at a .83. That's incredible. That is incredible. For all of you non-baseball fans, non-softball fans, that's that's something that is not easily accomplished. Now, albeit nope. it's early on in the season and everything, but we saw how Jessica Mullins performed last year, holding her whip pretty low. And with this pitching staff that Texas State has, I would not be surprised if Madison Azua does the same. Mm-hmm. But, Audrey, we've talked about it, kind of teased at it all show long, all morning long. Go ahead and tell us about tonight. It's game day. It is game day. Along with the rest of San Marcos, I am so excited for tonight's game for versus UT. UT softball is one of the best NCAA D1 softball teams to watch every year. So it'll definitely be an entertaining matchup tonight versus the Bobcats. Getting into the nitty-gritty, Texas softball, like we mentioned, is ranked number two right now in the Big 12 Conference with a 12-1 record on the season. Their only loss came from Stanford in extra innings. Yep. The only air quotations, proceed with caution player, I would say the Bobcats have to keep on their radar, is Reese Atwood. (laughs) Literally, dude, yeah, I've talked about it off air with Kobe so many times, and the six-foot sophomore with... Oh, my (laughs) God. Yeah, (laughs) six-foot sophomore will without a doubt be a threat to the Texas State threat, Jessica Mullins. Davin already went through the whole shebang about her accomplishments and everything. The last time uh, Reese Atwood was here at Bobcat Ballpark, she hit a home run off of Tori McCann, as a freshman, so do with that what you will. Cracking open the Texas State versus Texas softball history book, the last time the Bobcats met the Longhorns, Texas ate up the Bobcats 4-1 to in a hard-fought game at Bobcat Softball Stadium. Despite a close game, though, through the four opening innings, a 3-1 fifth inning by the Longhorns was enough to shut down the Bobcats' hope of a comeback. 
The Bobcats are 15 and 45 all time against the Longhorns, 6 and 16 inside Bobcat Softball Stadium. It could go either way, but you'll have to tune into tonight's call to find out who will light the victory star. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Osmara, why don't mm-hmm. you go ahead and tell us about who's on the call for that game tonight? It would be Audrey and Kobe. <laughs> I am so excited for tonight's game because are we the only broadcasting station that's going to put it on air? So okay, or so I got confirmation. So, so I got confirmation earlier that the Longhorns are bringing their radio team and stuff. Ooh, for so it's going to be a. Texas showdown. Yeah, yeah. So, Texas showdown. It's be an interesting yeah. Game. So I got confirmation uh, yesterday and stuff. So, but we will we will be broadcasting and stuff. Unfortunately, the men's game is going to be on ESPN Plus, or the men uh, excuse me, women's game is going to be on ESPN Plus for tonight. So, but yeah, full slate of uh, for for broadcast. But on the subject of what uh, about people going out tonight? I mean. Did y'all notice a little bit of wind and stuff early mm-hmm. this morning? I almost got blown away this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's currently 58 degrees outside. It's supposed to be a high of 68. It's, it was a low of 47 this morning. And it's supposed to actually supposed to drop later on tonight. So it's actually going to drop into temperatures tonight. I would say about maybe about 57, 54 degrees come first pitch for the softball game and stuff tonight. But And then going into Thursday's forecast, it's supposed to be cold all day. It's going to be a f- high of 52 and a low of 44. So... Honestly, big drop in weather. I don't think it's really going to be a factor, a factor here uh, tonight. So, I mean, yeah, we are we are hours away from first pitch, and you know, we're just just slowly counting down. Definitely, Kobe, and that is no excuse. This weather is no excuse for you not to be at Bobcat Softball <laughs> Complex tonight. Put on a hoodie, put on your jeans, put on some gloves if you have to. I mean, come on, guys, it's Texas now. <laughs> it's you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. But, guys, that concludes today's episode of Bobcat Radio. If you enjoyed this broadcast and never want to skip a beat, make sure to keep up with us at following by following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. We're probably there. Be sure to listen, watch, and or follow Texas State Athletics in their respective upcoming matchups like tonight. So, from Audrey Pasillas, Osmar Valles, Davin Meredith, and Kobe Jackson. I'm Thomas Terry wishing you a wonderful Wednesday. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio. Thank you for listening to this latest edition of Bobcat Radio, brought to you by KTSW Sports. Bobcat Radio is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 o'clock here on KTSW 89.9 San Marcos. Now let's get you to the other side of radio.